Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I want to welcome you back to this journey we've called Seeds, and I want to welcome all of those that are watching online, the Milestone family that we're still wanting to join together with you in worship, and also the new folks that join us every single week, as well as those in video venues here at the Keller campus. Would you put your hands together and welcome everyone to what I... I call a journey because we have series that we talk about and we share things from God's word and you come to church, but this is a journey and you say, why is it different? It's because we have some tools available to us and we have some opportunities available to you to take the spiritual journey in a little bit different way. So I want to encourage you, and there's still time for you to join because we're in two introductory weeks, and really the true journey kicks off next weekend. So I'm going to ask you, if you have not, to get a guide. We have these available for you. I think they're some of the best things we've ever produced. You can get one of those online. You can pick one up at our campuses. You can download a digital guide. And I'm going to ask you to not let this end up under a stack of paperwork on your desk. I'm going to ask you to not let it end up in the back seat of your car somewhere. I'm going to ask you to engage with it because the truth is it's a guide to help you engage with God's word. We set out with a theme this year and that is to grow. There's a lot we can't control. There's a lot of things that are outside of our control, but we can participate with God in our spiritual growth this year. So we've set that as a target, as a spiritual family, to grow spiritually, and this is a tool to help you. And because of your generosity, we're able to give it away for free. So I'm gonna ask you to get a guide. I'm gonna ask you to get in a group Whether online or in person, it's the way Christian people have grown for centuries, and that is that we study the Bible personally, but we come together to study it, and you have questions, and you can share things, and you can pray for one another, and it just increases your ability to grow. It's just the way that the Bible shows us that the early Christians did it. They met in the temple and they met from house to house and God was adding to their number daily those who were being saved because they were gathering together. So I wanna encourage you to do that. I wanna encourage some of you to step out and lead a group. There's some of you that have groups you haven't told us about. We're just trying to build the net as strong as we possibly can so that we can receive as many people as possible. Well, I kicked it off last week with us understanding a little bit about seeds. And I shared with you that seeds are a theme from the beginning of Genesis all the way to the end in Revelation. And there's a great way to study the Bible sometimes is to just take a book and go line by line, but also sometimes to take some of the themes of the Bible. And seeds is a big theme. This week, we're going to let Jesus, in fact, really the next two weeks, We're going to let Jesus in some of his anchor teaching show us about the importance of seeds. And last week I gave you some of the principles. This week I want to give you the process. The process. How many of you are process-oriented people? You're like, tell me how it works. I want to know how to actually do it. 
Well, this week, Jesus is going to help us, and I believe it is something that is impactful for every single person, and that is Jesus is going to talk to us about how we can hear and understand and apply the things that he has to say to us in the areas that concern us. I've never met a person, even people who say I'm agnostic, who don't at some point in their life say, I need some outside help. And people who are followers of Jesus, we consistently come to these crossroads in life where we need to know whether or not we should take that job promotion or that transition or what about one of my kids that are struggling? God, what would you say to me about them? God, what do you want to say about this issue in my marriage? God, what do you want to tell me about my future? You see, we make a lot of decisions as human beings. And we're looking for someone who has some answers a lot of times to help us with those decisions. And Jesus said that there's this available option that you can hear my voice. He actually said, my sheep don't struggle all the time. They do hear my voice. My followers hear from me. So I think one of the things, even as a pastor for many years, is that people are saying, what's God's will? Pastor, can you give me some counsel? Can you give me some advice? What's God saying? Well, Jesus is going to connect to that area of our lives. In Matthew chapter 13, I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 13, we're going to look at verses 1 through 9. And Jesus is going to connect the dots with seeds and hearing. Seeds and our ability to hear. How many of y'all like chocolate? Anybody like chocolate in here? Come on. If you don't like chocolate, we can minister to you at the end of the day. I'm just, if I'm having dessert, it's got to have some chocolate most of the time. You know what I'm saying? Some bluebell with the Hershey's chocolate in Jesus' name, you know? How many of y'all like coffee? Coffee. Some of y'all, how many of you need coffee? You know, it's just the day has not begun until you get that cup of coffee, both of which come from seeds. So there's some good things that come from seeds. I don't know if Jesus is talking about chocolate and coffee, but it just kind of keeps going into the new age. You know what I'm saying? But Jesus does connect here in these passages. He talks something to us about some things like hearing and our ability to hear. And just because you have ears doesn't mean that you can hear. I had a dog, my family, our first dog experience. We got a puppy. We realized we're not good puppy parents. He was a schnauzer. His name was Luther. He had beautiful ears. They cropped them, made them look real, real pretty. He had a beautiful coat and beautiful ears, but he didn't listen. We were in trouble too, so we tried to send him to like a dog whisperer, to like a dog trainer, to somebody that could help us. This dog bit stuff, peed on stuff, broke stuff. He's the only dog. I had dogs as a boy. He's the only dog when you call him, he ran the other way. He just had a mind of his own. He did whatever he wanted to, and we just were, we just were incapable of getting this dog to listen. Now, later on, we got a dog. His name is Kingston. He's still our dog today. He uh, started out as my son Caleb's dog, but quickly my baby girl, Lainey Kate, took him over. He sleeps with her every night. He wants to be with you. He's a relational dog. He understands spiritual family and reaching people and building lives. <laughs> He's wherever you are, he wants to be. 
and he listens. He listens. In fact, at night, many times, I'll be sitting there and Laney Kate, she'll have to go to bed. She still has a bedtime. The only one in our house that has a bedtime. She's trying to up it. You know, can I go nine? Can I go 10, dad? Can I go 12? Y'all know what I'm talking about. She has a bedtime. Laney Kate's your bedtime. Go get ready for bed. And once I hear her up there kind of settled, I say, Kingston, go up with Laney Kate. He's boom, just goes right up. It's amazing. My mom just got a dog. This dog only listens to her. He, he, he has a sibling rivalry, see. My mom got him later in life, see. She just got him, and this dog, she named him Milton. Real distinguished name. And we've decided that she's decided a different parenting technique on him. It's like, Mom, you didn't train us that way. This dog does whatever he wants to. We can't correct him, only you can. You feed him organic food. You make him a meal. My mom used to cook for me. Now she cooks for Milton. When I go to her house now, I'm like, I'm just going to get down around the dog bowl and believe for something good. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of funny when you think about obstinate, hard-headed, incapable of hearing dogs, but the truth is a lot of human beings are the same way. They have ears, but they can't hear. Jesus says that that's very important, and he ties it to seeds. Matthew 13 is not just a parable. You say, what is a parable? It was one of Jesus's favorite teaching techniques. Everybody loves a good story. So Jesus would use real life stories to teach challenging truths because he knew that many times when challenging truth comes to a human being's way, they're going to reject it because we all think we're right. We all think if everyone would just listen to us, everything would be okay. And so Jesus would use these stories, and it's interesting, these parables really means to throw alongside, and he would use them as a teaching technique to bring hard truths. And this is actually, you may not know this, it's actually a meta-parable. You say, what does that mean? It's actually a parable about parables. It's a parable that tells us how all the parables work. And it has to do with seeds. Jesus says this, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. A large crowd gathered around him. So he's got a huge crowd there around him. That he got into a boat and he sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore, he's using the water for amplification. He's sitting out in the boat teaching them. He would do that from time to time. He told them many things in parables saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. A farmer went out to sow his seed. Understand this, the principal person in the story is sowing seed, putting out seed. He says he went out to sow his seed as he scattered it, the seed. Some of it fell along the path and the birds came up and ate it. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which he, which he said grew up and choked the plants. And still other seed, notice this, other seed fell on good soil. Everybody say good soil. good soil. Good soil. Key part in this. See, the farmer has the seed. God has the seed. He's truthfully talking about Jesus himself. Jesus is the word of God. 
Jesus is the one who brings the gospel. Without Jesus, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You have no way to God except through me. So Jesus is the seed. He's talking about receiving him. But he does say now we have a part to play in receiving the word of God in our lives. Good soil. Good soil. I just love Jesus when he preaches because he understands human nature. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. 100, 60, or 30 and some translations say 30-fold or 30 times what was sown. I contemplate that. I did a little research, and did you know, in fact, in this region of Galilee, like 10 times would be big. 100 times, unheard of. He says, my seed can produce 100-fold growth. It's fascinating to me. It's fascinating to me. Why is it some people get 10 and call it good enough? Why do some get 30 and say, wow, <laughs> there is a bit of human nature here of a comparison to, well, how'd they get 100? You're thinking right now, do I have 10? Do I live in that region where 10 is good? You're thinking, do I have 100? Well, I know I got more than him kind of appeals. No, Jesus is really not asking us to compare. He's asking us to evaluate. Evaluate our soil and ask the question, what if? See, God's way more into the potential of what could be in your life. You can be as close to God this year as you want to. You can have as good a soil as you desire to have. You say, oh, I want to have a good marriage. Well, guess what? You're not going to have a good marriage without investing in it. You're not going to have a good marriage without prioritizing it, without communicating, without talking. Same it is with Jesus. He says there's a potential for a hundredfold. There's a hundred times potential there, but it boils down to the soil. So what's the key thing if you say, okay, how do I have different soil because I want to have good soil? Well, he tells us. He makes it real simple. Jesus is a thesis preacher. He's like, I don't want to leave you confused. Now, later on, the disciples next week, we're going to talk about barriers and challenges. The disciples, they, they didn't get it. In fact, they were kind of like, Jesus, you had a big crowd and you blew it. They, they don't understand. There's all kinds of people gathered there with all kinds of perspectives and backdrops and you've got zealots who are so passionate about their deal, they're missing the kingdom seed. You, you got the people that are separatist, Essenes, they believe, look, we got our holy huddle over here and all those dark people over there, they're in trouble, they're a problem, we're going to be over here. They couldn't hear the parable. The disciples had all kinds of personalities. You got tax collectors and doctors, different people in there. Can you imagine the discussions they had? All kinds of perspectives. Jesus says, it really doesn't matter where you're coming from. It boils down to one thing. He says this, whoever has ears, let them hear. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. What is he saying? Just because you have ears doesn't mean you can hear. Just because you listen doesn't mean that you know what God is saying. Just because you have the ability to have a hundredfold, you could have a tendency to stop at 10. 
you could have a tendency to lose what is available. So Jesus is saying, I'm sowing seed. God is saying, I'm sowing seed through the person of Jesus Christ. I'm speaking, I'm talking. And so some of you are like, man, I, I want to be that person who's growing in God. I want to have that lifestyle where God's showing me things about my children, where God's showing me things about my work life. Some of you have a problem right now. You're like, look, I need some insight. Well, well Jesus is talking to you. I need to know how to understand this situation. I need to understand it from God's perspective. I want to know God's will. Well, he's talking to us right here. He's telling us. I'm amazed as a pastor at the growth of people. I'm amazed at the, the potential in people. I see potential in every person I meet. I, I, every person I meet, I think, man, what potential. I, we just had two 101 classes. And I, and I tell you, I'm still just... I get excited. Every time I'm leaving, I'm thinking, man, those are some of the most amazing people I've ever met. I look across the crowd. I just think, oh, my goodness. I always tell every 101. I'm like, we could change the world with just you. I don't know. There may be people mad in the church. They may all leave. We'll just start over with you because you look awesome. You have potential. You, you, you have no, no telling what God can do. And I'm amazed as a pastor that there are some people who come to Christ. Oh man, they're emotional and it's, oh, Jesus changed my life. He just changed my life. He just, and then you have people that are just like, I'll take Jesus. It, it, there's no guarantee by the external emotion whether or not they'll grow or not. I've seen people grow in two years more than people who have been in church for 50 years. I've seen people flourish and grow, and it has to do with ears. Ears to hear. It has to do with soil. Notice this. There's no qualifications for talent, ability, intellect, background, age, experience. One requirement, good soil. Ears to hear. I told you last week that people that are fruitful focus on the seed and not the fruit. People that are the most fruitful are actually just planting and culture, you know, they just continue to keep a good culture in the soil and they're just, they're just, just planting and they're learning and they're growing and they're open and they, they stay away from offenses and they stay away from radical business things and people that could draw them off course and they just stay focused right there and they just keep growing and they're actually surprised at all their fruit. They're just amazed at it. Because they love the process more than they love even the fruit. But I want to build on that this week. To focus on the seed, you have to take care of the soil. You have to take care of the soil. I think back in my life where there's moments where I really needed to hear from God. I think about the moment where I was a young boy at 12 and received Jesus. I had a tender heart toward God and Around my family dinner table, I received that seed into my heart. That's why the older you get, it's more challenging. Statistically, and that's why I just sit and weep when we see 50-year-old men and 60-year-old ladies and people and families because you guys don't realize that's a miracle because the longer you go, the harder your soil gets. If you don't have Jesus in there keeping that soil, I was a young boy, I received him. I think about when God led me to where I would be educated, God led me into the ministry, God led me to my wife. I think about this church. We could not be here today, 
27, 28 years old. I knew there was a transition. I was going to plan a church. I had a group of businessmen. There was financing. There was a lot going on in Charlotte, North Carolina. I almost went to Charlotte, North Carolina. Visited a couple of times. On the outside, everything looked great. And I'm not telling you that I had perfected some ability to hearing from God, but I do believe God's grace was present. Some of the things I'm going to share with you helped me to move toward. There was a lot of 30-fold blessing in Charlotte, but I feel like I'm living 100 because I just stayed open to God and let him speak along the way. Here's the thing in your life, you have to ask this question. Do I have ears to hear and how does God speak? I want to be very basic for a minute because the process, though challenging to live, is actually fairly simple. If you're sitting there going, I just feel like God is dark and there's nothing there and I don't know how to hear from him, let let me share with you something. First of all, in the process, you have to believe that God does speak. You have to believe that he wants to guide us. You have to believe that the farmer is sowing seed. If you believe that God is mysterious somehow and, you know, his will is somewhat so hidden that only special people like pastors who have been to seminary can hear it, you won't engage your soil to a place to be receptive. Look, God is a communicator. He's talking. Did you know you can even just be singing one of the worship songs? Just today, I'm looking at the words on the screen. Even as I'm singing, I'm thinking, God, you're communicating something. You're, the, the grave has no hold on me. I'm just, I'm thinking about, you know what? I, I, I'm not here forever and, and I'll live forever though because the grave has no hold on me. Why? Because God's a communicator to those who are listening. But if you're just like, when are we going to get done with this? They don't sing hymns anymore. When's the preacher going to preach? You miss what he's saying because he's talking all the time. He's speaking all the time. He's ready to speak to you. You have to believe that he wants to speak. But here's the big one. You have to predetermine to fully submit to what he says. I think a lot of times it's like, Lord, I have it. Because you're afraid of what he may say. Predetermine that you're going to fully submit to what he says. It's like this happened this morning in my house when we get ready to eat out. Where are we going to eat after church? What are we going to get to eat after church? It's always such a massive major filibuster. And I try to play different roles. I try to lead. Let's do this. Of course, everybody has already said, we'll do whatever. We don't care. Well, let's do this. No, we ain't doing that. No, dad, what are you talking about? Go there? Are you kidding me? We never ate out when I was a kid. We always knew where we were going. One place, Piccadilly. You know what I'm saying? That's the only place we were going to go. We were going to go to Luby's, whatever, one of the little cafe places, you know? My dad was going to start in the line and say, look, I'm not paying for tea. Everybody's getting water. But anyway, we we knew what was going to happen. Now we got options. So they're saying I'm open to being led, but the truth is they have all kinds of different things inside that's going to say no to whatever I say. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We do that with God. Whatever you say, Lord. Well, not that. No, 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 not that predetermined to fully submit to what he says and filter it through the word. This is why we try to train you in the word. We have the most opinionated generation ever on the planet without an understanding of God's perspective and his opinion. We have so many opinions and so little truth. The truth is, if you want God's help, he's never going to violate this. 
Every single 101 class that we bring people into the Milestone family, I do this. I have since the very beginning. I hold this word over my head as a symbol of I would never violate it, but if I do, I'm wrong. Because ultimately, the authority rests with the word of God. I hear people all the time, God spoke to me to move in with them. Are you married? Yeah, but God's okay. I love them. No, 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 no. You, you've heard something, but you didn't hear it from God. God told me to do this. No, no, no. He didn't tell you that if it violates this. He's not going to violate this. You have to filter what you're hearing. It doesn't matter if a super spiritual person who looks really spiritual says something. If it doesn't align with the word, it's not God. Filter it through the word. Discuss it with trusted voices. You show me who you hang around, I'll show you your future. Who do you have around your life that knows the word? Who's going to counsel you in the word? Who's going to disagree with you if you violate the word? And continue taking steps while remaining open. It's about the soil. We get a little bit of paralysis. We get analysis paralysis. Oh my goodness, what if? We're so risk aware. The truth is, if you're just doing this and you're keeping a good heart and you remain open, God will show you as you go. He'll even course correct you. I have something in our family's life right now that we're praying about. It's not bad. It's not a sickness. It's a, it's a directional thing. It's, it's something we're praying about. My wife and I were talking about it and praying about it this morning. And here's the thing. God hasn't shown us the full picture, but he showed us enough for today. So we're just going to continue to stay open and continue to journey along with God, knowing that at this point, we are aligned with his word and we're aligned with what he says and we trust him because we know he speaks. Amen. We know he's going to show us. A lot of times it's like, can you tell me the end now? Can you tell me how all this is going to work out? It doesn't always work that way. It's a journey. By the way, that's why I said last week, look, the seed principle that we're talking about is not some mysterious thing. It's like we're learning about the mysterious elements of the seed. No, 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 no. It's a relationship with the farmer who sows seed. It's a relationship with the seed sowing God. So I want to spend our last few moments together talking to you about how you create good soil. How do you get good soil? Because if you can get good soil and get ears to hear, then you can hear from God. How do you create a healthy environment to hear from God? Number one, we have to admit and overcome our biases. We all come to God with preconceived notions. We come to the Bible with predetermined ideas and ideologies that we've picked up in multiple places. You need to admit the biggest thing stopping your soil from receiving hundredfold potential seed is your bias. It's where you've been hurt in the past. It's where someone spoke something over you in the past. I know one young man, his dad said, don't ever trust the church, they're always after your money. Did you know, even though he goes to church to try to get his kids in Sunday school, he doesn't produce hundredfold seed because that seed has damaged his soil. It damaged it. He has a bias, everything. You know, we have bias. You have bias right now. You come, you're like, well, what is that? That song, what about this? There's Pastor Jeff, you know, it's like, well, he's got a black coat. What's that smoke in here? And well, you're online and you're like, man, what's going on? Who's in there? What are they saying? Why did he say that? We got all these things that we're filtering the word through all the time. Cognitive bias, the definition is this. The way a particular person 
understands events, facts, and people based on their own particular set of beliefs and experiences that may not be reasonable or accurate. That's the world we live in. It's even worse than it's ever been. Why? You don't realize it, but you have a smaller world than ever. Because everything that comes to your devices is channeled to reinforce your bias. Everything is cha- reinforce your own biases. And so when we come to God, we're bringing our past church history or this leader that hurt us or that situation or I stepped out, I did that. Whatever it is, those things make your soil harder. Two big ones, because I want you to be able to make good decisions. Did you know people who make good decisions, who flow with God, who see hundredfold fruit, there's a couple of fears that they overcome. That you have to overcome in your life to make good decisions with God, the fear of losing something. That hurts our soil. It's like, well, what's God if I lose? You never lose with God. You got to throw some stuff out of your soil, by the way, to get good soil. I was driving around our project here on the Keller campus, and they're taking all these loads of dirt off of this hillside over here. Every day, I'm just driving around looking, watching, you know, my kids are like, Dad, do we have to go up there and look at all that dirt move? I was like, I'm excited about it. So I just drive around looking. I noticed, wait a minute, they're hauling all that dirt out. And then last week I saw, well, they're putting these drainages in. They hauled some different dirt in. Well, wait a minute. Sometimes you got to get rid of the old dirt. You need a little bit of new dirt so that you can have a different set of outcomes based on the dirt that you have. And I tell you, a lot of times our fear of losing something is the dirt that we have that can't grow. Fear of disapproval. Man, I don't know. I don't want to lose something. I definitely don't want to lose relationally. So I don't want to be, I don't want to have disapproval from the people around me. Did you know the best decision makers know how to get themselves emotionally outside the process and hear from God? Let God, did you know if you're going to grow, you may have to totally rewire your entire thinking about God. You may need some total new soil, which is why we start by becoming a new creation in Christ. We become a new person, a new creation, a totally different set of soil. It really helps if you want to grow if you get saved. Like really saved. He's my Lord. Whatever he says, I will do. The disciples, Jesus didn't give some exhaustive thing with them. He just said, follow me. Where are we going? Follow me. What's going to happen? Follow me. What are we going to do, Jesus? Follow me. You've got to get up past your bias. Here's another one. We have to evaluate our busyness. It's big in our culture. We have trouble hearing from God because we're busy doing what we're doing. See, it's like I've got to maintain busyness to hold on to the 30-fold. I don't even have time to think about a 100-fold. I'm too busy just maintaining the 30-fold, and I don't want to lose the 30-fold. I don't want to lose the 10-fold. You ask anyone today, how's it going? How you doing? Busy, man, busy. Ooh, bam, ooh, busy. Activity does not equal productivity. A lot of activity doesn't necessarily mean you're producing fruit. And our busyness and our on 24-7 and all the information that we're receiving. See, there is a principle in hearing from God that you have to disconnect from the noise of life at some level. Can I encourage you with that? Could you just let me, as your pastor, set aside a little time this year for you and your family, you and your spouse, yourself, where you 
get away from the noise. Every week I have a 24 hour period where I turn off technology. It helps my soul. It helps center me. It's like, I can't hear from God. I can't hear from God. I can't hear from God. Why doesn't God speak? God, oh man, when's God going to talk to me? Ooh, ooh, look what she's wearing. What are they doing? Oh my gosh. Ooh, I'm mad about that. He did this. He said that. I just can't hear from God. God's just not talking. We're in a silent period. It's the dark ages. It's the end times. No, you know what? You're disconnected because you're so busy doing what you're doing. And I'm talking about good soil. The farmer's sowing seed. And many people can't receive a hundredfold seed. You know why? Because they're too busy defending what they're doing. He says, look, I got a hundredfold for you. Whoa, 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 I got 10. We're so busy defending what we are doing, we can't receive the seed that he wants to plant for us. You know, COVID-19, this whole pandemic and stuff, I've, we have ministered as a church to thousands of people, suicide, depression, anxiety, our pastoral care team over time. We've been ministering to people wherever they're at. I will say this, there is a group of people that they have positioned themselves for 60, 70, 80, 100 fold seed. You know why? The separation from some of the stuff they've done has put in them a place where they could receive seed. I've met them. They're like, we would have never made these adjustments. We would have never actually gotten serious about these. We would have never, but, but, but actually the, the, the vacuum created a place for seed in our lives. Now others, I mean, they just doubled down on more home projects, worked harder than they ever have, more leisure, more vacation, more stuff, nothing wrong with having fun. But some people took advantage of the vacuum of busyness to recalibrate the soil that they have to receive more seed from God. The third thing is we believe God's working even when we can't see it. We, we just believe that he's working even when we can't see it. Those are people that consistently hear from God. He's talking, he's guiding me. I'm gonna keep my heart in a good place. I'm gonna work on my soil. God, you're with me. And I know, God, if I'll just work on the soil and I'll just keep all the weeds out and I'll just keep a good backdrop, I don't have to be afraid of ending up in the wrong place. You're going to continue to speak to me. You're going to continue to show things to me. I talked to a guy the other day. He said, well, I started the new year. He's got a child that's a little off course. No pain like kid pain. He said, well, I started off the new year. And I've been reading the Bible and we got back engaged in church and, and, and I, I've, been, I've been like listening to worship music and it's like, and, and, and my kid hadn't changed yet. Well, it's not working. Oh, hold on a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got a lot of weeds you're getting rid of. You didn't just jump up in there and just jerk a few out just right there and just go, okay, look, we're going to have a great garden. Keep tilling. Keep Preparing the soil, why? Because I know he's working. We always underestimate the power of God's word to move in the lives of people around us, to move in us. When we're confident of the power of his word, we keep preparing the soil. We keep following him. We keep staying open, why? Because he's working when we can't see it. It's how seeds work. When a seed germinates, it goes down first. It goes down below the ground first. It keeps going down there. Why? It's reaching down for water so it can grow up towards the light. And so just don't despise that time of small beginnings. Don't despise that time of tilling the soil. 
Keep tilling. Keep growing it. I want to give you just a picture. This is a post oak acorn. Look at that. I'm a hand model. That's my hand. They're going to be asking me for contracts. You're like, your arm's a little hairy, but your hand looks really, really healthy. Emerson said in one acorn, there's a thousand forests. The seed, what is he saying? The farmer sowing seed. This is a parable about parables. Lot didn't, a lot of them did not understand it. Pharisees were busy protecting what they had. Zealots were busy on their agenda. Essenes were separating from everybody. Disciples were just dumb. But they were getting there. He was helping them. We'll learn next week. That's what's so awesome. Jesus pulled them aside and said, look, let me, let me explain this to you. I'm excited about next week because he tells us, here's what I meant in plain English. Seed, though. Powerful. Jesus himself, the word of God. Did you know, thought about this, a seed has to be soft enough to germinate, but strong enough to not be destroyed when it goes into the ground. It's perfect. God made it perfect. It has to be able to go into the soil and be strong enough to withstand the pressure and others, but soft enough to germinate. God is speaking. He's speaking all the time. He primarily speaks through his word. The question is, do you have ears to hear? Do you have the ability to receive what he's saying? Isaiah 55 says, my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty. It will not return empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You may be looking at your garden thinking, man, I've messed it up. Last week, the first message in seeds that I preached, a guy said, I've burned my, Pastor Jeff's talking about a well-watered garden that flourishes, I burned it up. I burned my marriage up, I burned my life up. And you may be looking going, how do I fix this? Well, you gotta start working on the soil and receiving the seed of the word of God. Look, and it's going to confront some of your biases. Some of those things, who, who poisoned your soil? Who spoke some things over you? What, where has the enemy strategy come to bring things into your life, to plant seeds in there, to make your soil toxic? Where, where have those things come from? Because if you can get over those offenses, if you can let go of some of those things, if you can believe that God is good, that his seed is perfect, and you can just build a backdrop in an environment to partner with him, the seed will work. It will work. And I'm gonna make somebody a promise today. I tell every person at 101, you come here, you're gonna grow. If you'll do the work of preparing the soil. You can grow no matter how long or what's going on or what situation you've been through. We've seen people, God has restored their marriages. He's restored their life. He has done so many things in them, but it all has to do with the receptivity of the soil. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. And some of you here, 
your first step is, I wanna say this very clearly, you've been trying to fix the garden of your life without the seed of Jesus Christ. It hasn't gone well. You say, well, do I have to clean myself up and fix everything before he'll come? No, all you have to do is get rid of any barrier that would stop you from saying yes. That's why it takes faith to say yes to Jesus. So right where you are, you can just say, Jesus, take my life. Take, take my life. Here, here I am. You know what I've done. You know where I've been. You know what I've messed up. I believe you died for me. Jesus said a seed goes in the ground and dies. He was speaking of himself. But it bursts forth with life. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, here I am. I receive you. Come into my life and save me. If you're online, if you're right here in person, if you prayed that prayer just out of your words, Jesus, here, here's my life. Come in and save me. Become my Lord and Savior. We want to help you grow. If you'll let us know, we have tools and a built ways we can help you start your growth process. Second of all, I want to pray for a group. You say, I know Jesus. He lives inside of me, but I'm struggling to hear him. I'm wanting that growth in my life with him, but I've got some things hardening my soil. Lord, I pray right now for every person, Lord, that there would be a removal of offenses and unforgiveness and heart, whatever it is, Lord, that we've made greater than you. That we have made an idol in front of you, Lord. We, we ask you, Lord, to cleanse the soil, to help us prepare the soil, to keep an open heart before you because your seed will work if we'll just have good soil. Lord, I pray that we would have ears to hear you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.